For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Rochelle, and this is the Bay Area Podcast here on the Bleed Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Citra Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can find me personally at Rochelle Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we'll be talking about some NFL football as the San Francisco 49ers have a matchup over the next few days. Before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the football field once again. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more props, odds, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football-related. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Bainbury Podcast here on the Bleed Podcast. And before we end up going on a break, we said that we were going to go through the 49ers and the upcoming Week 3 matchup against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night. However, before we do that, we've got to quickly recap how we did on week two's betting side, and unfortunately, did not go well. We went 0-2, thought that Philly would keep the game close against San Francisco. They did, just a couple of red zone miscues, running a Philly special on fourth down and about two yards or so, not ideal. But 49ers ended up covering, they won by six, the spread was around three, three and a half, so that was definitely close, but at the end of the day, the Niners did prevail. Great job defensively, holding Philly to just 11 points. And with the 11 points, we also lost on the over, because after week one, I figured Philly's defense was going to struggle against a more talented offensive team, because I'm really low in Atlanta this season, and the 49ers gave up 33 points to Detroit in week one, so I thought Philly would end up doing pretty well offensively. That just did not happen. Both teams were really good defensively, turned into a defensive war, and the game ended 17-11, to so... Not really close on the on the total, pretty close on the side, but still didn't work out. And anyway, we'll look for a bounce back week three here. But looking at uh, the actual box score for that game before we get into the matchup itself with the Packers and the Niners, uh, for week two, really not that many upsets just overall throughout the league. I know the Raiders beat Pittsburgh, but other than that, everything was pretty chalky. I know the Ravens beat the Chiefs by one. They were three and a half point dogs. Wasn't crazy. Tennessee did beat uh, Seattle in a game that was definitely entertaining, but the Niners were favored and they covered like most teams that, uh, ended up being favored last week. They won. And really the issue that the Niners had was offense because they only generated 306 yards, but Garoppolo 22 of 30. So the efficiency was there for just 189 yards though. One touchdown, no interceptions. I was impressed though with the zero sacks. So he did a pretty good job of getting rid of the ball quickly. Offensive line did a good job of really containing this underrated Philly pass rush, and Garoppolo made enough throws late uh, to win the game. Also converted on the QB sneak to really put the game away. But looking at the ground game, that is where the, well, that's where the disaster started, because you had Elijah Mitchell, who was getting the start, 
17 carries, 42 yards, so he was awful, plus he got injured in the game. Jermichael Hasty ended up playing a little bit, 5 carries, 38 yards, he did pretty well, he got injured. Garoppolo had a rushing touchdown, uh, 11 carries, 20 yards, so he had the rushing touchdown on the QB sneak, and the uh, conversion and the game on QB sneak, so Garoppolo did his part. Trey Sermon, 1 carry, 8 yards, he also got injured, so your main three running backs... All didn't survive the game. Now, Mitchell might play in this Green Bay game. It seems like Sermon's probably going to miss, just because it seems like he's in concussion protocol. So, I'm not exactly sure if he's going to be able to go. Plus, even if he is able to go, Sermon really just hasn't done anything this year. And he was a healthy scratch week one. I watched him in preseason. I didn't think he was very good, so I'm not really surprised by that. But I am kind of confused why they took two running backs in the in the draft during the offseason, but whatever. That's in the past. Looking at everything else, Hasty is a pretty good receiving back. He's pretty undersized, though, so I don't expect him to get many touches if he does play, but he is actually out for this game, and he's going to be out for a while, according to Shanahan, as he has an ankle sprain. So, Hasty, uh, well, for the temporary, um, you know, in the meanwhile, thank you for your service, but um, you're no longer needed, I guess, because you are out for about a month. But point is that the 49ers don't really have many great options there at running back. But Mitchell might suit up, he might not, which is really a problem when it comes to evaluating this team this week, because the Niners, of course, understand and love to run the ball, and I'm not really sure who's going to get most of the touches, but Mitchell missed practice on Thursday, not ideal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume Mitchell plays at least a limited role, we'll see, but the Niners might have to piece together some type of makeshift timeshare for, at the running back position, which is, well, not fun. But anyway... Looking at the receiving core, you had Debo Samuel once again leading the way. Six receptions and 93 yards. He was great once again. Hasty, four catches, 21 yards. And then you get into the some of the other guys. Uh, you get into Jennings, who had 17 yards and a touchdown. You had Kittle, four receptions, 17 yards. So Samuel with 93. Second highest uh, receiving yard total on the team was by the backup running back with 21. That's not good. And Kittle, I know he got injured last year, came back at the end, but he really hasn't done much this year. But It seems like Debo Samuel is really the only guy doing anything. Um, Aok had one reception for six yards. He's been a non-factor, too. People were expecting a bit of a blow-up year, but he also was battling a hamstring issue in camp and in preseason, so I'm not sure if he's back to 100%. But the point is that somebody else has to step up. Debo's been very good, and I'll give him credit for that. However... He has been injury-prone in his career, so if he hypothetically would get injured, you don't exactly have a Kendrick Bourne like you did last year. You don't really have many other options. So somebody else has to step up, most likely Ayuk, but you can potentially look at a Kittle as well. Somebody's got to do something. But other than that, looking at the actual defense, they were they were able to get to Jalen Hurts twice, you know, both sacks by Nick Bosa, so it was nice to see him look extremely sharp there on the edge, but... As a whole, not really much else to say about this game from the Niners' perspective. I mean, they rushed the passer well. They only gave up 177 passing yards. Uh, they did allow 5.2 yards per carry, but when you have Jalen Hurts as the opposing quarterback, who's going to average 8.2 yards per carry, some of those numbers are inflated because Rodgers can move a little bit, but of course he's not as mobile as Hurts. So the Niners did a pretty good job of containing Miles Sanders, who only had 4.2 yards per carry, so I guess that's more telling on how the run defense actually was. But... The end of the day, yeah, Niners got the job done. Uh, they look sharp defensively, despite all of the missing people with Verrett out 
and Greenlaw, so I was impressed by that performance, but we'll see if they can do it again against one of the best offenses in the league. And that's going to take us to one of the best offenses in the league, which is the Green Bay Packers. And they were off in week one, only scored three points, but then they woke up because they played Detroit, and they ended up scoring 35 points and won the game 35-17 to on Monday Night Football. In that game, Aaron Rodgers, great, 22 of 27, 255 yards, four touchdowns, and no picks. He was really dialed in. He missed a couple of deep throws, a couple of the scantling, but everything else seemed to be in order. Uh, Aaron Jones had four total touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, three receiving, 67 rushing yards as well, but he only averaged 3.9 yards per carry. So I don't know if that's concerning or not, but the point is that seemed like Green Bay was really embracing uh, the short passing in through the air because the Lions were constantly playing a two-safety look, and you could just dump it off underneath. Adams had a bunch of catches from the slot, eight receptions for 121 yards. No touchdowns, though, but when you catch eight out of nine targets, then you're having a pretty good day there. Tunyon had a touchdown up the seam. Very nice throw, nice catch by him. He had 52 yards. I mentioned the three touchdowns by Jones. He had 48 yards, six receptions. So Jones really did everything, but Green Bay definitely seemed to have more success through the air. But I'm not exactly surprised by that because they have the defending MVP on their team. So the question is for Green Bay, what is going to be the method of attack against San Francisco? And I got to assume it's going to be through the air because when you're missing Verrett, I know that the Eagles weren't exactly able to fully capitalize. Watkins did have that 91-yard catch down the sideline before the Eagles went four and out on the goal line. But the point is that Green Bay does have enough weapons. I know Scaling had no catches, but he's still a decent threat downfield. You still have Cobb as a decent possession receiver, even though he is well past his prime. But I do acknowledge the fact that the Niners are a little bit weak at secondary, in the secondary spot. And I do think that Green Bay and Rodgers will try to exploit that, put Adams all over the field, whether it's going to be in the slot, whether it's going to be on the outside. I think Adams should have a pretty big game, and I think you're going to end up seeing Rodgers look for him frequently as Devontae Adams scores his first touchdown of the season. But looking at the defense, it's kind of misleading because the Lions had 17 points at halftime, and they finished the game with 17 points. Now, I'm not sure if that's because of some defensive adjustments or the fact that it started raining, and Jared Goff, simply put, could not grip the ball. He dropped the ball on third down, ended up recovering it, but the point is the ball slipped right out of his hand. He also fumbled the snap on the first play of a drive, which was pretty ugly to look at, and then he also threw a brutal interception. So Green Bay's defense was really terrible for the entire first 30 minutes, and then it woke up in the second half. But once again, I don't know if that was Green Bay's defense doing that, or the weather was just awful and Goff couldn't handle it. But the point is that Green Bay still has some holes on on the defense without Zadarius Smith, who is their best pass rusher. Detroit has a pretty underrated offensive line, but Green Bay only sacked Goff one time. They pressured him a couple of times. You had an intentional grounding that was also thrown there. So you can argue two sacks. But the point is that I do think they're going to struggle uh, getting after Garoppolo, who should be pretty comfortable all night in that clean pocket the offensive line should provide. But the ground game was relatively effective for Detroit, but they barely used it. Uh, You're looking at Jared Goff, four carries for 26 yards. Did have one outlier, though, 26-yard run there in the fourth quarter. DeAndre Swift only had eight carries for 37 yards, mostly because of game flow, and Jamal Williams had seven carries for 25 yards. But the average 5.7 yards per carry, decent outlier there at the quarterback. But they do have a good offensive line, and I am a little bit worried 
at least for Green Bay's perspective, that the run defense might not be as stout as they want it to be. That was an issue early last year, and I do think that could play a factor in this game if the Niners have really any healthy running backs to throw back there. But looking at the defense, Green Bay's had some issues covering the tight end position this season, as Hawkinson had eight receptions for 66 yards and one touchdown. Uh, you remember week one, you had Juwan Johnson for the Saints, who had two touchdowns in the red zone. So Kittle should have some opportunities against this linebacking core, which is a bit underwhelming in coverage, and I do think you'll see Kittle get open and probably have 60-plus yards, maybe a touchdown, but I do think Kittle wakes up a little bit in this spot. Other than that, though, you had Cephas for Detroit, who had 63 yards and a touchdown, including a 46-yard reception on about the third play of the game. Main reason, Kevin King. Now, Green Bay, after watching King give up a Hail Mary to Scotty Miller to end the uh, first half of the NFC title game, Green Bay decided, you know what, let's bring that guy back. So he's still there, and he still can't cover anybody. He's absolutely terrible. Now, Green Bay did draft Stokes out of Georgia in the NFL draft, who actually played really well against Detroit on Monday Night Football, so I am curious if maybe he'll get more playing time and they will end up cutting into Kevin King's snaps. But whoever King's on, you got to target him because he's awful. He's one of the worst corners in the league, and as a complete liability in the secondary, you got to target him every single time. But anyway... To actually look at the spread and total for this game, Green Bay is currently a three and a half point underdog on the road. Worth mentioning, by the way, this is the first home game of the season at Levi Stadium, so the crowd should be absolutely rocking there uh, for the 49ers. But the spread and total in this one, Green Bay is currently plus three and a half, and the total is around 49 and a half or 50 couple of 49 and a half, though, so I'm going to go with that as the total. Now, for this matchup, I personally like the Packers, plus three and a half. Main reason why the 49ers offense looked really good against Detroit in week one, but the lack of really any healthy running backs I find very concerning for this spot. Now, you can make an argument because of Shannon's system, they can plug and play anybody, and it's going to, it's going to work itself out, but I really have a hard time trusting this ground game if I don't know who's running the ball. Mostert's out, of course. You lost Hasty. Mitchell might not play. I'm assuming Sermon's going to be out because he's got a concussion. So you might be on, arguably, a fifth-string running back to handle the touches. That is not ideal. And I think that Green Bay should do enough to uh, get some favorable opportunities against this injured secondary and linebacking core. I think 49ers are going to win the game, which is kind of my hot take because I'm taking a middle there between one and three points. Or I think the Niners win a very close game, but I do think the Niners get it done. I think Rodgers keeps the game close just because of how good he is, but I really don't think Green Bay's defense is that good, and I'm not going to overreact to a second-half performance in bad weather against Jared Goff. So I think this game is going to be a little bit high-scoring. As a result, I like the over, 49.5, but... If you want a score prediction, I got the 49ers winning the game 27-24, which means I like it to go over the total, and I do think the Niners will win the game. However, I do think it'll be a three-point game, so I do think that Rodgers will find a way to end up covering the spread. But that has been this installment of the Betting Maria podcast here on the Blue Podcast Network, brought to you by Bet Online. Bye, everyone. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.